Hello and welcome to Yours Mentally, a podcast that discusses issues that we all have on our mind but are too afraid to speak on. Our podcast is a safe space for anyone who wants to discover more about and improve their mental well-being. On today's so on today's episode of Yours Mentally, we have with us Manish Shekhar Das Gupta, who is a counseling psychologist and co-founder at Gulmohar Counseling and Experiential Learning Services. He works from a humanistic existential orientation, focusing on the existential concerns of one's life. He has also co-facilitated workshops, discussion, and support groups. Apart from psychology, he enjoys music, movies, driving, and reading. We're so so happy to have you on this episode, Manish. On today's episode of Yours Mentally, we are discussing men's mental health. So, Manish, my first question to you is: Why is men's mental health a topic that we actually need to discuss? Uh, uh, the first reason that comes to my mind as to why we need to discuss is because it's not talked about as often, or is not uh, discovered uh, to understand the nuances that exist within the topic of men's mental health. More often than not, when we you know try to understand men's mental health, we try to do it in comparison with women's mental health, or say with the mental health of others around. so it becomes all the more important uh, to for us to you know see the experiences of men and you know and their mental health and how it manifests and how say there is an absence of proper mental health uh, amongst a lot of men so i feel it's it's a very important uh, aspect to area to consider you know just by virtue of the societal pressures and norms that do not allow men to express about their mental health it warrants us that we talk and explore this topic right so uh, how does emotional development uh, differ between men and women emotional development between men and women uh it depends on uh, the socialization process and the family processes in which say men and women are brought up in culture uh, patriarchy uh very obviously seems to play a huge role uh, in the emotional development of men and women say in a very obviously patriarchy expects men to not share their feelings or emote what they are thinking or what they are feeling about it while on the other hand women are encouraged to you know see be emotional sensitive uh, expressive right both of which have their own downsides but with men uh, the ability or the uh, you know space of sharing their emotions is kind of snatched away from them at a very young age and i feel it's more so to not do with their ability but with you know the opportunity being taken away from them so when that is done so uh, the space for emotional development gets hampered because the broader socialization process doesn't allow room for men to express and emote uh, their feelings as a result of which the emotional development kind of you know men when i say you know takes a back seat it doesn't mean that men are emotionally underdeveloped when it comes to uh, emotions feelings or experiences of it but rather the way they can express it kind of gets impacted because of that uh, what also happens is there's a lot of cliques a lot of you know male groups uh, again which is also a byproduct of patriarchy that kind of feeds off uh, of 
uh, toxic masculinity and particular way of being how boys will be boys and men will be men uh, which again kind of perpetuates the entire lack of emotional development or expression within men what is crucial here for us to understand is that when we use the term emotional development again you know i know i'm repeating myself it doesn't mean that men are emotionally underdeveloped what it means is that they have not reached their optimal state or optimal level of emotional expression and experiences so emotions isn't just about expression and talking about it but it's also how fully you are experiencing your particular emotions emotions are also then divided into primary emotions secondary emotions say for example anger is a secondary emotion but hurt or resentment can be then primary emotions it's what you're truly feeling so men tend to say feel more anger rather than say experience sad or heartbreak or despair because that's what they are you know socialized to feel that's what's acceptable to them but to feel sad or resentful or to feel broken uh, might not be so masculine right so these are some concrete ways in which the emotional development can actually differ and how it may take a back seat for men what kind of norms do indian men need to conform to in the uh, patriarchal setting and what effect does it have on their mental health right so as i was mentioning uh, in the previous questions as well how uh, the certain norms that men need to conform to in the patriarchal society have to do with say masculinity and the lack of space for them to express their emotions men are supposed to be strong they are supposed to be you know unexpressive is supposed to have it all together uh, as a result of which uh, the broader society kind of stops them from experiencing shame experiencing vulnerability and experiencing what they truly feel a lot of emotions uh, that men experience by virtue of which the thoughts that they have have to do with tertiary aspects rather than the core that exists uh, at the same time say a man when he expresses something uh, says something out loud he's belittled uh, you know he is made fun of there's a lot of shame that goes around men crying so a lot of these things in combinations a lot of these things in factor kind of take men away from themselves away from their humanity because what is important for us to understand here is men or being a male is a gender identity uh what precedes a gender identity is the existence of the self which is humanity itself which is his humanness and when a gender identity such as his maleness takes precedence over his identity of a self of the self which is existence then what happens is that that does injustice to herself and his growth so more often than not say you know men a uh, man wouldn't be able to self actualize or reach his truest potential because he has been made to you know put his emotions aside his expressions aside which can again impact his relationships be it when he is a teenager be it when he is an adult or in his older age as well so these are the certain you know gender norms that kind of impact men in these many ways for us uh, it's also important for us to take a pause here and understand how when i talk about men i'm primarily also referring to cis gendered heterosexual men and not trans or homosexual men or men belonging to the lgbtqi plus community because they would have their own host of issues that would again definitely require another recording on its own right so for us it's important that whenever i say men i'm primarily mentioning cisgender heterosexual men some of which i say might resonate with say you know people uh, men belonging individuals belonging to the lgbtqi community 
especially those who are trans men uh, but at the same time that might not be very generalizable so for us just be mindful of that as well what biological differences are there between men and women and how does it actually affect the mental health and uh, yeah how does it affect the mental health mm-hmm. Uh, see the major biological differences is the hormonal changes that men and women go through, right? So a woman's menstrual cycle uh, impacts uh, their, you know, hor- uh, impacts the her- hormonal balances or imbalances that a woman can experience. So women are more likely to experience, say, symptoms of depression and anxiety. right but men on the other hand because of uh, their hormonal differences in terms of testosterone are like to experience more anger and resentment so the biological differences are to do with the hormonal balances that each of these gendered experiences and as a result of which impacts their mental health so again for men it would be say high levels of testosterone or low levels of testosterone or high levels of serotonin or cortisol uh you know which can induce more stress in them while on the other hand for women it could be you know menstrual cycle and hormonal imbalances and lower dopamine that can say induce more depression anxiety and pain so in terms of biological it would be the hormonal differences that men and women have by virtue of being men and women which then you know in a secondary uh, aspect or regard affects uh, their mental health individually Uh, so uh, i would like to ask you something on this point you said so uh, mm-hmm. knowing how you said that there are biological differences which cause uh, or like hormonal differences which cause a different range of emotions in both the genders mm-hmm. so uh, doesn't that like uh, like you said that men are more prone to have uh, hormonal changes which causes uh, anger and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know more rough uh, kind of emotions if i can say mm-hmm. so don't you think that plays out on a role that the uh, coming back to the previous question how uh, men uh, like uh, you know the norms of men mm-hmm. uh, indian men mm-hmm. uh, experiencing emotion and speaking it out so like in general they experience anger which is not uh, a correct you know form of mm-hmm. emotion uh, to express it in a correct form mm-hmm. so don't you think that's kind of uh, a difference if you're understanding what i'm getting at Mm-hmm. Like so the, mm-hmm. the only ex- uh, emotion they they face, or not only I'm saying, but like most of the times it's anger, stress, and things which are generally you know not spoken about that much, rather than the uh, emotions the other gender faces. Mm-hmm. Uh, so <laughs> I do hear what you are saying. I think an important catch here would be that it isn't that anger isn't spoken about or. you know rage is spoken about it is spoken about quite freely it is expressed also quite freely but what happens is that you know you take a hypothetical uh, let's take a hypothetical example here see a man uh, a male guy a cisgendered heterosexual male guy is experiencing a particular emotion say for example could be sadness or uh, could be hopelessness right but because he has never had the skills of emotional experience and expression and has only been exposed to anger in say popular media or his family or in school as a medium of expressing right so he uses that anger or rage to express the sadness and the hopelessness that he ex- uh, experiences but this male guy is actually not aware that his anger actually is just an tip of the iceberg and within it there are a lot of other emotions he doesn't know this so he goes out and shouts say at his girlfriend at his parent at his partner now when you are angry or when you are showing rage to someone 
what happens the other person gets offended and affected by it so see this individual who is experiencing this male who is experiencing the sadness and hopelessness shouts at his partner the partner also shouts back or reacts or walks away and number of reactions that this uh, partner gives then how what how does the male register or react to it that he cannot even express his emotions so you see how this is very nuanced there is a space for expression but because of the lack of skills which you know he is not being taught say by school or other broader society the only way that he knows is anger but anger is not well received by anyone so the way the other individual or the other party reacts is also through anger or distancing or cutting off n number of reactions then the male registers that information is okay there is ultimately actually no room for my expression you see how but within it say if this was a therapy room all right and this male got the courage i'm extending on the hypothetical example here got the courage to go to therapy and he expressed his rage his anger to the therapist and the therapist has given him the space to do so to and then to gain more and more clarity more and more insight into this anger and rage and then through therapy and the experience of therapy this male finally comes to the realization or that oh my anger was a secondary emotion what i was actually experiencing at that time was say hurt sadness and hopelessness and i did not know how to express this because i was not even aware of it why was i not aware of it because the societal conditions and the lack of skills that i was not taught didn't make me aware of it so it's kind of like a, like a cycle you know so i hope this makes sense of how i used an example a hypothetical example yeah. of how these emotions anger and rage plays out and how the cycle continues again and again and again and then men are more and more distant and farther off from you know uh, this uh, experience of emotions now if i may extend this same example into the third part so the first part was his experience the second part was him going to say a hypothetical therapy session multiple therapy sessions and the third part say he did not go to the therapy session right and he met went and met his boys for beer or alcohol or whiskey right and these boys were like yeah dude like you know screw it it's chill you know we'll just drink and we'll talk about whatever football whatever you know we men do and we will forget about all of these then what happens that becomes his coping mechanism but his emotions are still unaddressed so every time then what happens is that men are more likely to develop substance use disorders that is you know a lot of studies suggest that so what happens then again the second secondary emotion which is anger continues the coping is also secondary because you're trying to deal with see the secondary emotion of anger through alcohol or other form of drugs but the core aspect is not getting continued because there there exists a group of men who also only experience secondary emotion now within that group of men if there was one man who went to therapy or had emotional skills or was being taught or had family that you know allowed him to be sensitive he might be able to persuade the other but the lack of those is very uh, you know the presence of those is very lacking in the broader society i know i extended this quite a bit by but i hope this makes sense to your question and how it is very nuanced yeah. and it's not as simple as you know okay men experience this and women experience this because of hormonal reasons yes do do but that would be very reductionist to pinpoint that that is the only reason because these are there are so many mechanisms at play which i attempted to say answer through this one example hope that made sense ashish yeah 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 that that yeah uh well it was a really good example but i have a question about it mm -hmm. so you mentioned uh, quite a few problem problems right like uh, men aren't necessarily brought up uh, in the way that you know they they're not taught uh, how to correctly express themselves mm -hmm. and 
they just they don't have much of an opportunity to mm-hmm. write and then when they do they feel like oh, okay i my i my expression is not valid mm-hmm. right so uh and then of course they resort to substance abuse and what not as mm-hmm. we got to in the third mm-hmm. point so how can this issue actually be tackled at the grass grassroots level right so how can uh, maybe parents uh i don't know create a better environment for the children to be expressive mm-hmm. and uh, uh take it from there i i don't know how how can this uh, issue actually be sorted this issue uh, is something that has been perpetually been going on and will continue all right because it is a status quo that exists so to bring about any societal change it will take a lot of time and any societal change uh, brings about a lot of resistance from many parties so that's kind of like a my preface or like a disclaimer what to do how to do this uh, i don't necessarily know or have a plan you know that i can say give out but one step or one thing that we can do is right here me you harshit we try to work on ourselves we try to be vulnerable we try to identify our shame points once we do that that is when the word spreads out because we cannot wait for anyone else you know in or uh, to save us or fix this problem because we are part of the problem we are continuing it and we are also at the adversity of it you see it's a cycle that we have created for our own selves and it is only us that can perhaps put an end to the cycle and one way that i can think of is by being vulnerable is by exploring your own emotions as men and then when you do so you become a role model in a very subconscious manner if i may for other men around you as well they're like oh this guy seems to have his emotions on his sleeve and seems safe and nice can i also be that so we cannot wait for an external entity or partner or anyone else to do so but only us and the way to do is slowly starting off that okay i want to explore my emotions and i want to create space for myself where i can explore my emotions and i will try to create space for other men where they can express their emotions so that is one way of going about it right now you know to have control within us the other meta narratives could be yes family school all of these things can be areas or spaces where these things can be brought about but in order for us to say go to a school or go to a family or do a community outreach program where we are teaching people uh, the skills of men expressing themselves we need to do that ourselves first because who else is then going to do it how can you sell something that you have not practiced yourself you know does that make sense so here my intention is for us to have the control within ourselves and not wait for big societal broader changes to happen and then the problem of men's mental health going away that is not go- how it's going to happen it's going to start with us it's going to start with us expressing say to our girlfriends or boyfriends that hey this is how i feel or you know us expressing to our mothers or fathers that hey this is how i feel can you make some room for it if they don't then it's on them but are you expressing yourself it's about talking to your boy you know your best guy best friend like dude bro use these lingos use dude bro it's it's completely all right and then follow with the emotional experience ki you know it's just not it's not just like i'm have a i'm having a back i'm having a pt or like you know bro like you know i'm feeling off like the common man lingo that we use but to say when i say i'm having a bt i mean that i'm having anxiety and i'm having anxiety because of these 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 reasons and then this is how you create a culture of expression you know you expand on the language in our everyday day to day lives and then we will see 10 years down the line you know what happens how 
then the mental health scenario is uh, different. But right now, I truly, truly believe uh, men of my age, men of your age, you know, men younger to you all and men, you know, older to me up to a good extent because of exposure to social media and our psychology is growing can create these spaces. And that is perhaps one tiny bit of, you know, uh, light at the end of the tunnel, but which will we can inculcate in our everyday lives. I, I really hope, you know, I kind of answered your question, Pravisha. Mm -hmm. Right, right, you did. So we have to all start on a yes. micro level and then we'll eventually see a macro. Yes, that's a point, right. right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I think that's a fair mm -hmm. point. All right, moving on to another question. Uh, do you think postpartum men's health is a pressing and a serious issue that needs to be focused on? And like, if you do, then why? Yes, I think, you know, it is a serious issue. The uh, postmortem, you know, depression, postmortem, you know, mental health kind of becomes a very tricker, uh, tricky area. Uh, there's a lot of studies that has not necessarily focused on it, but the amount of studies that have focused on it has been on postpartum depression within women. But men are also likely to feel isolated, insecure, anxious, worried, all the, uh, you know, depressed as well. But there needs to be more research that goes into uh, these uh, areas because honestly, there hasn't been much and there isn't much information about the experience of men after being a father and what it looks like. Because, say, uh, from the time uh, they know that they're going to have a baby, there's a lot of stress, a lot of anxiety that gets uh, that uh, that men, if they're the sole breadwinner in a patriarchal society, that they may experience. They try to, uh, they have to become the caregiver, they have to become the provider. Right. And so for now, say they were caring for themselves and their partner and now they need to care for like, you know, another individual. And it's a lot of pressure and stress on them because if they're not been able to provide food for three of them at house, then he might not be a good man or he might not be a successful man. So a lot of identity then, you know, is associated a lot of self-worth then is associated by just not being able to provide for your child that's going to come. Right. So there's a lot of pressure, a lot of stress that goes into it but not enough literature has focused on that and we need more studies that kind of go into the experience experience of men from the time you know they hear that they're going to be fathers to the time when they actually become fathers and how the experience is like for them as well you know it may give us a lot of insight i just brought about a few economic issues that say men in a country like india might experience uh and how it might affect their mental health because like it's more of a concrete thing to bring about an economic issue but i'm pretty sure there will be more you know nuanced ways of them experiencing this i'd like to ask you one thing uh, regarding uh, okay we are talking about men's mental health but at the same time uh, what could you give us some insight on the thought process during a postpartum uh, uh, depression which women or men go through uh, like some kind of, uh, you know, the thoughts and the, the chain of uh, thoughts that come to their head called like, you know, leading to uh, several issues. Mm -hmm. Like I said, because there isn't enough literature. No, uh, even about women. Uh, I'm not yeah. specifically to men, but even women. Mm -hmm. So for women, see, the, uh, it most more often than not becomes, say, when they are experiencing like postpartum depression, right? So they, it feels like they've lost uh, a part of themselves you know so a lot of emotions and experiences they may go through at this point i might i won't be able to do justice into the insight of exact thoughts you know that a man or woman might go through as well right now so you know i can't really think of anything on top of my head where you know these are some thoughts that they may go through all right mm -hmm. all right yeah right mm -hmm. so uh, manish uh, 
you answer the original question uh, talking about uh, postmortem postpartum mm-hmm. mental health type and uh, you said uh, you just mentioned a few concrete economic mm-hmm. issues and uh, that's only for india right because uh, how big the patriarchy yes, yes. how big of a patriarchy yes, society yes, india yes. is right uh-huh. so a lot of men's mental health issues actually do stem from Definitely. patriarchy mm-hmm. right Right. Yes, this is definitely that. because, like you know, there's a lot more expectation, uh, you know, from us, and at the same time, because we are the sufferers, the victims, and also the perpetrators of patriarchy. What also happens is that, say, in a very typical patriarchal, orthodox family, you wouldn't allow, say, the women or the mother to go to work after she has given birth because their role then. is to only take care of the child right so that is right. also how patriarchy works as a result of which there is more pressure on the men than to earn because say, if the mother was also going out to work right then the roles and responsibilities would be divided so you see how this is another mechanism in which there can be more pressure and we ourselves in a very funny hilarious way are give, doing that to ourselves as well you know by again being virtue yeah, of victims yeah, of patriarchy yeah. right so that's what yeah. right 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 I, i think that's actually a perspective that i personally have been Mm-hmm. seen or thought about uh, regarding mm-hmm. patriarchy so that's mm-hmm. a great insight <laughs> thank you mm-hmm. uh okay so uh, moving on to the next question are there any uh, specific mental health disorders that men may be more prone to than women mm-hmm. because uh, earlier we did speak about uh, the hormonal changes that men mm-hmm. and women go through right So, is there anything specific that men may encounter more yeah. often than women? So, what studies have shown when it comes to say disorders, right? Say in teenagers and all, uh, in adolescents, women are more likely to experience body image issues, self-esteem issues, uh, depression, anxiety. Men at that age may are more likely to experience say conduct disorders like you know anger, arsony, breaking of things, a lot of these uh, you know <coughs> hyperactivity. uh you know adhd right so these are some of the uh, say disorders psychological disorders that men adolescent men are likely to experience when they grow older women may continue uh, to experience more depression more anxiety again more self esteem issues men on the other hand might again experience more anger more anti social behavior more anger related issues and a lot more substance use disorders as well you know so that's kind of what some studies show in terms of the experience of disorders within men and women in terms of say a uh, psychotic episode such as schizophrenia uh, it's quite tricky it's it's a dicey area there's not a clear cut understanding but men are more likely to have an early onset of schizophrenia than women so in terms of this so these would be some say yeah. concrete examples of the experience of disorders oh, i i think uh, we will lot to discuss <laughs> in future episodes right from this very episode Okay. Uh, I moving on to the next question. Uh, do you uh, do you feel ethnicity has a uh, role to play in mental health mm-hmm. as a, focusing mainly on like social issues? Mm-hmm. Definitely, definitely. Uh, so dep- you know, uh, because men, uh, you know, as individuals uh, are part of a society and community, so they don't exist in vacuum. and the community that they are part of the ethnicity that they are part of plays a very important role in which you know mental health weighs in so if there is an ethnicity or if there is a community or a social group that actually allows for men to experience or express more emotions then they might be just better off than say another community or group of community where patriarchy or orthodox rules are higher right so that is you know a very direct example of how the ethnicity and community can actually 
uh, impact uh, mental health. If you have a community that believes in harmony, that believes in equality, that believes in equal division of roles, where there is respect, uh, you know, mutual respect for people of the community, then the mental health might be, you know, better, uh, more flourishing. Well, on the other hand, if there is a community or an ethnic group that believes or part of a larger societal narrative that believes in, you know, uh, selfishness, uh, conflict, competition, a lot of orthodox, a lot of toxic masculinity, then the overall mental health of this group might just be, uh, you know, not so well off. However, here it is very crucial for us to understand to not judge any of these ethnic groups for their different cultural customs and practices. And again, a disclaimer as like it would require a very nuanced way of understanding a particular culture's way of being in order to comment on them. But here I just gave an overall broader example of how societal practices of any social group impacts uh, the mental health of that social group. So if, right, right. if, uh, if, I, if I may just add on here, like, you know, say a very concrete, uh, sort of a concrete way would be say taking values. If the societal group values gratitude, values compassion, values kindness, right? Values social harmony, then they might have a flourishing mental health. But if a social group values uh, competition, you know, values capitalism to the core, to the teeth, right? Has no room for compassion uh, or social connection, but is actually extremely individualistic and all for their own then that might be a very different experience on its own you know the example that i can think of right now of bhutan and how i think a couple of years ago it was voted the happiest country in terms of happiness index and all of that right now why is that so there's a lot of studies that's being done as to why uh, the happiness index of Bhutanese people are so high. It is because of the cultural practices and customs and the way they are, right? So these are some examples of how ethnicity or the norms of the social group can actually influence mental health. Now what happens, if I may, one last point would be, say a social group or an ethnic group has a particular way of being that may have a flourishing mental health. But this ethnic group is also part of a very global village, which is globalization. And there's a lot of, you know, globalization, a lot of Western values, other values coming in which might again cause a break in their way of being and cause even more further confusion when they are going through a cultural change or cultural process, which may, which can cause more confusion, uh, you know, them feeling not connected to their ethnicity or to their identity, which can again impact mental health. So change or all of a sudden change or unwanted change tends to do that as well. So here we are kind of understanding psychological well-being through sociological processes. Right. Okay. Uh so my last question is what kind of steps can we take to help normalize and destigmatize discussing men's think, mental health? You know, like I, I think I kinda already answered that about us being, you know, starting right here, us expressing ourselves, us creating spaces, having more conversations around men's mental health, but doing it in a uh, nuanced manner and when I say nuanced manner if you go to a man and ask them to talk about their mental health and use these two words they will become defensive they will take a back seat but we need to understand that what is it that we want at the end of the day looking at into their identity into their humaneness that everyone wants connection everyone wants to feel loved everyone wants to feel belonged and then how can we use these needs right in order to talk more about mental health. So we need to identify needs and then work out mechanisms, techniques in order to address these needs. So again, it would again start off from us talking about our emotions, our feelings, how we are feeling, trying and attempting to create spaces for men 
having more conversations around men and mental health their experiences not just of mental health but their in general experiences right because when we say mental health there's a lot of taboo associated with it like hey i have how can i not have good mental health you know we tend to become defensive so the focus that needs to be on experiences of individuals and experiences of individuals as men putting their gender identity at the foreground and how life has been from them for them can we try to understand that as men yes we are perpetuators of toxic masculinity and patriarchy but at the same time we are also the biggest victims of it it's like you know stabbing yourself uh, in of sorts for centuries end we get the privileges of being men in a patriarchal society and at the same time to realize that we are also uh, we also suffer equally if not less because of uh, patriarchy you know understanding this having a more nuanced understanding of this very real reality or realization can come a long way in the broader community right i think that brings an end to this episode uh thank you manish for being here and thank you for all the listeners who have listened to the very end and uh, i thank will you. see you in the next episode thank you everyone